Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Week 18 of the NFL season. Bills, Dolphins, prime time. 820 Sunday Night Live right here. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? I think really the best way to describe it is being comfortable, um, being uncomfortable. Everything's on the line. It's not just the division. It's not just the playoffs. Playoffs? It's the most important game of the Buffalo Bills season, Sunday Night Live. The Dolphins are hoping that bad Josh Allen shows up. The Dolphins are hoping that the Bills don't come with a physical brand of football. The Dolphins don't generally flip corners. Mike Danger. If they want to win on Sunday night, they're going to have to punch him in the mouth. They're going to have to be more physical than they've been the last two weeks. 24-21 Buffalo. Whoa! Because Sean McDermott doesn't make anything easy. It'll be tight. Gene Battaglia. The more I think about this danger, the more I like the Bills in this game. And it's not from a pom-pom perspective. No, I think that just the Bills match up better. But you really want to be the two seats, certainly, and I think Buffalo will be in a good spot. I think the Bills are very likely to win. 95.7 FM and AM 9.50, The Fan, Rochester. And good afternoon to you, and we welcome you on into the sports bar. It's Danger and Taglia on the Sports Leader. Appreciate you listening locally here in Rochester, 95.7 FM, AM 9.50. Maybe you're listening in the free-to-download Odyssey app or watching the video stream on YouTube and Twitch at the fan Rochester. I'm Mike Danger. That's Gene Battaglia. And I can report that I saw at 11 o'clock this morning, the sun. Where were you? Because I didn't see yeah, it. It was, it was on the west side. You oh, the well, it? it's always sunny yeah, on the it's west, the west side. side. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Up by North Grilton, you didn't see no, it. No. No. That's why I'm asking. Where exactly was this? I don't it believe for, it. It was only for 10 minutes, yeah. but I'm like, oh, I wow. don't believe it. No, I, I've been telling people because this is the time of year where it feels like uh, – you know we're 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 at the 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 zenith of the winter doldrums right like we've kind of been through a handful of weeks where we haven't really had consistent sun and we know that there's going to be weeks ahead where it's going to get worse in terms of the snow and the cloud and everything else that comes with winter in, in western new york i've been telling everybody the last truly sunny day that i can remember I, you you remember it. I remember it. We all remember it. And it, it relates to what we're talking about this week in the sports bar. It was week four when the Bills were playing the Dolphins that glorious afternoon. That was the last time I remember a full, like, full-on sunny, sunny day. 
Like beginning to end, like sun up, no clouds. You wake good. up, yeah, beautiful boom. day, blue sky. Well, it was foggy that morning, if you remember. I remember yeah. there was a lot of fog. The fog lifts. The skies are blue. The sun is out. It's 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 a comfortable temperature. It's still the fall. It was week four. Yeah, I don't remember a full like sunny day. I mean, the sun came out Christmas morning for a little bit, right? You woke up Christmas morning. It was bright. It yeah, was sunny yeah. for a little bit, but we haven't had that kind of day since week four. That's that's what's got me in a little bit of a mood. Well, again, here's here's cure. I'm gonna Dr. Gino's gonna give you some cures. Watch some golf tonight from Hawaii. All right, just you know, just for 15 minutes, it'll put a smile on your face. Familiar names. Someday I want to visit this place. Yeah, you'll you'll feel better when you see those scenes. And then the second thing, Sunday. Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna see South Florida. You're gonna see some people, maybe in t-shirts, maybe in a light jacket. Here's what I'm here's how I'm I'm curing the uh, the blues. I am going to smoke a pot of chili. I'm going to make some chili. Whoa, whoa, smoke a pot of chili. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna really? smoke my chili. I'm gonna make chili on the egg. I'm gonna smoke some chili. I'm gonna get get a chuck roast. I'm gonna smoke that tomorrow. I'm gonna take that chuck roast, add it into all the other meat, make Texas style chili smoked. On Sunday, in time for Sunday afternoon, late Sunday afternoon kickoff, me and my buddy Tony, I know, shocking, yeah. West Sider, friend, friend named Tony, uh, we're going to watch the Bears beat the Packers, eliminate them from the postseason, very much like the Detroit oh, no. Lions did last year at this Danger. time. Danger. And, and, and even if we lose, we'll be, we'll be happy and merry because we'll have our bellies full of smoked chili and the finest ales available. By the way, I'm, I think I'm going to call them ales instead of beers moving forward. Is that a good move? I think that's what, that's a move for the new year. We're drinking yeah. ales. It sounded a little fancier, you know. It, we like sound from high, ye old times. That's right. Yeah, yeah. High class, fancy, like they used to serve in, in the kingdoms. We're having, <laughs> we're having ales this weekend. That's, that's my cure for the winter doldrums. You sound a little metzish, though. When you're, you're like, I want to talk you down here. You know how oh, this story ends with the I, Packers I, and Bears. Look, I, I, I know how it could end. I know how it has ended. I, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check. The thing that the thing that you're going to kill me about, I'm actually going to. Uh, we'll talk about later when we share some takes, and I'll drink to that. I've got a Bears take that I heard, and it, I can't take credit for it because it, it came from uh, Barstool from Big Cat. Big Cat shared a Bears take, and when I heard it. My mind exploded. I'm like, if that were to happen, if this scenario were to play out the way he was envisioning it, and by the way, there's there's some sense that is being made in what he's saying and what I'm going to share with you later on this afternoon. Because let's face it, when the when the season is over and we turn the calendar, we start thinking about the draft, the Bears are going to be a story. What are they doing with one? What are they doing with Justin Fields? What's Caleb Williams' story going to be? Like, what does it all look like? After the Super Bowl concludes. Yeah, you're going to have all these Justin Fields rumors. Like, the majority, if not all, going to be unfounded. But if you're a team in need of a quarterback, um, the first place you need to kind of check in with is Chicago. Either on Fields or the number one overall pick. And that's where the silly season will kind of begin. And, uh, yeah, with with players like Marvin Harrison available at the top of the draft, maybe you don't have to move down that far. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll share that in a little bit. We've got a great show lined up for you, and we're going to talk plenty of Bills and Dolphins as we get ready for Sunday night. 
the game you can hear on the fan Rochester. If you're out and about, we'll have it for you with our pregame coverage starting at four o'clock. Brandon Tobin is the host of Tobin and Leroy on uh, WQAM, our Odyssey Sports sister station in Miami. He will be joining us in the four o'clock hour. Yeah, so between now and then, we figure we're going to get some clarity from the Dolphins. We have the Bills injury report, but for the Miami Dolphins, uh, Waddle, Howard, Mostert, like there are some names here that might not be available, and we may not know on some of those names until Sunday, but uh, we'll get an idea what the you know the flavor is down there in South Florida. Also, we should kind of point out, too, and I don't know if they're kind of taking offense to this, but seems like it's a Bills Mafia takeover there yeah. at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, rumblings out of the Buffalo airport that, that you know, if, if you're in the Buffalo airport, a lot of Bills fans traveling south. A lot of Bills fans heading to Miami this weekend, uh, which, hey, look, that's kind of been our MO, right? I mean, like that, as long as I can remember Bills Dolphins, it's always been Western New Yorkers going down to Miami for that Miami as home As far as I can remember, like that has always been the one, okay, getaway sort of trip, but to me, what's different this year, it seems like a lot of people are just kind of reaching into their pocket. Hey, we have a little money left over from the holidays. Let's let's kind of treat ourselves and go down there. And you get a cheap hotel. Uh, you get a reasonable airfare and get what you can on the ticket market. It's That's a fun getaway here. Uh, Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill back at practice, by the way, today for the Dolphins. So when we talk to Brandon, we'll find out more about uh, Tyreek Hill, where he's at. And those other injuries, Brandon Tobin of Tobin and Leroy in Miami joining us in the 4 o'clock hour. Later this hour, one of our buddies, NewYorkUpstate.com's Ryan Talbot reporting on the Buffalo Bills will be joining us here in about uh, twenty less than 20 minutes or so. Yeah, so the one player that uh, popped up on the injury report, uh, Mitch Morris, questionable with an illness. Like in 2023, can we read between the lines what that actually means here? Or just the fact that he didn't practice today, I guess. I, I'm not going to be really concerned all that much. And remember, you do have Ryan Bates uh, that has been kind of he, – he, he's been ready the whole year. Isn't it crazy to think, Danger, that this year the Buffalo Bills started the same five on the offensive line weeks one through 18? I don't know. We're going to have that same scenario again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why the Bills are – right now third in line in terms of Super Bowl favorites, right? Like there's a continuity there and they've been relatively healthy on the offensive side of the ball for the entirety of this season. You have a a couple of injuries, but nothing devastating, nothing that would disrupt what you've built there on the offensive line. But I think it's surprising from a, you know, a couple standpoints. One, he started a rookie, Osiris Torrance. And at the beginning of the year, we were wondering, all right, it's a long year. Do you put Torrance in midseason? How do you do this? You have Ryan Bates ready to go. No, no, he's the better right guard. Well, so far, he's been holding up just he's fine. Been great. Yeah. And then who's been great too? Spencer Brown, who I think it's fair to say, kind of injury prone, concerns about the back, everything else. Well, he's been fine at right tackle, gives you a little. That nastiness, and I think we could say Deion Dawkins. This has been been his best year, and maybe it's because he's healthy as ever. But Dawkins at left tackle, getting the Pro Bowl nod, good for him. So the idea that Mitch Morris is questionable that is uh, that's that's the one concern we have. We'll talk to Ryan Talbot coming up here shortly. We had actually heard from Deion Dawkins on this specific topic on this being his best season. But so far, it's been it's been going well. You know, like I still have an, another game in a regular season to prove that, but um. Like, I can't even like sugarcoat it. Like, like it's a whole different, different mode, man. It's a whole d- different vibe, whole different energy. So yes, this has definitely been my best season and still a lot more to come. 
The uh, Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line is open for you. If you want to pull up a stool here in the sports bar, we'd love to hear from you this afternoon. 866-4-FAN is the phone number. 585-866-4326. All right, in the open, uh, you heard my prediction from this morning in the break room. Uh, I have the Bills winning, Gino. It took me a few days to come around and kind of... Uh, eliminate the stench of the last two weeks. I think the Dolphins are too beat up. I think the Bills have the ability to play a physical brand that can beat the Dolphins the way the way you saw Baltimore beat them last week. I don't think that they're going to put 50 up on the Dolphins. I think as the spread kind of dictates there, two and a half, three, I think it's a, a field goal win, 24-21. Bills advance as the AFC East champs and claim the two seed Sunday night in Florida. Yeah, I think that we all have to kind of realize, can you imagine a world where this is like the end of the Sopranos? Like here, here we are. Boom, boom. All of a sudden it's over. Like, are we going to come back? This would be the most shocking end to the season, well, right? I don't think, I don't think we're kind of allowing our minds to think, give oh your my prediction gosh. because I want to expand on that a little bit. And there's some more, there's some more stuff happening. There's some more stuff circulating around the bills and none of it is none of it. You would consider a hit piece like what Ty Dunn put out a few weeks ago, but there is some interesting analysis happening around the bills and specifically around the bills and Steph Diggs. And I have a feeling that if things don't go the bills way on Sunday, that becomes the story around the Buffalo. Bills. It's going to, we're, we're going to, it's flipping a switch it is going to be immediate. It's going to be stark. Whenever the end of the season happens, it's always like jumping into a cold shower. Well, this would be, you know, it, it would be something if the Bills ended up not making the postseason, uh, going from the two seed potentially to being out altogether. Uh, do I see the Buffalo Bills winning this game? The answer, yes, they will win this game. And, and part of it is because Miami is just so banged up. And the Dolphins look terrible against the Ravens. Yes, they'll be better this week, I suppose. One factor that I think deserves a note here is the Buffalo Bills having Daquan Jones back at the tackle position. That Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver, everybody's talking about Josh Allen getting snuffed for the Pro Bowl. Ed Oliver's having his best season. You know what's going to get even better the more reps he plays alongside Daquan Jones. The fact that they got Jones 25 reps last week? Well, maybe it's 25 to 30 this week. Again, it's South Florida. You, you want to stay hydrated and whatnot, but if you don't have a healthy Mostert, and you're only relying on A-chan. If you're Miami and you can't run the ball against Buffalo, good luck. So I still think Miami's going to find ways to put up points. Hill's going to get them once, maybe twice. But I see the Bills winning this game. I'll put the score 28 to 20. Okay. Um, Now, you're allowed to uh, think about what the world looks like if the Bills win and claim the number two seed and we'll be in a great mood on Monday and we'll be talking about, you know, next weekend's opponent and that will be a lot of fun. But what if it doesn't go that way? What are we talking about on Monday? My prediction is that if it doesn't go the Bills way, if they find themselves on the outside looking in, a story that we've been discussing this week only gets amplified and pushed to the forefront. What the hell were they doing with Stefan Diggs down the stretch? What happened? When you made the switch from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady, it's almost as if Stefan Diggs, his production and his usage just fell off a cliff. Not entirely. And it's not like he's not being targeted. He is. And maybe a completion here and a completion there changes everything that we're saying. But this uh, Tim Graham piece that came out today on The Athletic, Gene, I don't know if you had a chance to, to look at this, and, and I'll just kind of share the Cliff Notes version. Okay, It's Devin McCourty from Football Night in America, former New England Patriots safety. 
take that with a grain of salt as well. And I know immediately that a lot of Bills fans will be like, well, what do we have to listen to what that guy has to say? Well, the guy, you know, had to prepare for Steph Diggs while he was a player. The guy, you know, played the position. Uh, I would assume he has sources within the league. Right. So, yeah. And, and now he's on a national platform. He's on NBC Sports. So he's not going to, you know, just make stuff up. And this is a lot of opinion. But his belief, it, it se- his belief, his quote, it just seems like bad football. Based on what he's observed, he believes, you know, and, and based on time that he spent trying to stop Diggs as a player, his quote, I think there's bigger issues going on there. I think their offense is trying to prove to Diggs that they don't need him. Now, that's a powerful statement, albeit from an analyst, former player. But when you hear that and you think about the way he's been used down the stretch here, it doesn't feel like a statement that is completely out of whack with what we've seen with our own eyes. Are they trying to send him a message while also trying to make it to the postseason. Oh my gosh. Is this the ultimate cattiness and pettiness of a, a coach player relationship that they'll never admit to? Maybe not anytime in the near future, maybe down the road they would, but like the tell all, the Steph Diggs tell all of his time in Buffalo is something I can't wait to, to hear about. Well, you and I, and we've talked to other people, is there a story there? We think there's a story what happened. There's no logical reason why Khalil Shakir should have more snaps than Steph Diggs in a game that you have to have against the Patriots. Injury. Okay, well, he's not injured. He's not in the injury report unless they're hiding something. Okay, so that's kind of the disclaimer. Okay, maybe there, maybe that could be it. I don't think that's it because there was Diggs running down the middle of the field or there's Diggs getting a handoff. Um you know, and I, I floated out the theory: Is it like next level chess, knowing that if you have a Miami team that's going to be trotting out one corner potentially, you know, Eli Apple is like half a corner at this point, that you want to get more reps involved for Khalil Shakir, and that way he could be your number two, and then maybe this is the Khalil Shakir game if they indeed flip the corners and put Ramsey on Diggs the whole time. I, I I think I'm reaching there. Let, let's be honest. So what what do I come back to? I come back to this. And again, it's a theory. Theory. T-H-E-O-R-Y. Okay. I'm going to make that clear. Okay. This is not Gene reporting this. Okay. But tell me why Steph Diggs wasn't out there the first series in the second half. In general, if you wanted to make a team suspension, that would be the time to do it. Why would you take reps away from a player? The second series that he came out, I observed Steph Diggs getting fist bumps and handshakes from his teammates. That was unusual. That was really unusual. So to me, there is a story there. And for Diggs not talking after and just, again, didn't storm out of the locker room danger, but he got shot real quick. And by the time the locker room was opened up, guess who breezed right by us? Steph Diggs. Didn't talk to reporters after that game. So what's going on? The answer is I don't know. But I'm pre- presenting you some theories. Theory number one, Diggs is actually hurt. I don't think that's it. Theory number two, next level chess by Sean McDermott. Let's get Khalil Shakir. And then that, I don't think that's it. Some sort of internal discipline? Maybe? No, now I'm reaching. That's a theory. I, I, I don't know the answer. But here. when you hear this, when you hear McCordy say something to the effect of they're trying to send a message that their offense can win games without him, 
I mean that that's that's um it's a hard thing, it's a hard pill to swallow, but I can digest that. I will listen to that. And I will listen to that just based on what we know. We know what happened in the offseason, and we know what's happened since Dorsey was let go from his job. We also believe that you've got a head coach, defensive-minded head coach, who may just be meddling a little bit more than he needs to on the offensive side of the ball. And it's something that's not going to go away, and especially if they lose, it'll only get louder and louder. The head coach just feels like he's a little more involved in the dictating and the mandating of the offensive philosophy, the identity, the play calling, instead of just playing to the strengths of the players you have there. Well, the Dallas game was good, but it does have a side effect, right? <laughs> it, was, it was great. Yeah, McDermott would love to win every game like that. I think majority of coaches would love that, like run the ball and then get out of there. You can't do that against every opponent. They couldn't do that against New England. That was like the idea they were going to do that against New England. No, New England actually stopped the run. Dallas has a problem. That's their Achilles heel. Um, honestly, I, I think, <laughs> I still think with all that being said, I could see Diggs going for 100 yards, 7 100 and a touchdown. I, I, I have, on, I have on scored like a scored a touchdown. Yeah. I believe he'll score a touchdown. Yeah, like what, what are the odds of any time touchdown for Diggs? I mean, honestly, that feels... Feels kind of right. The 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 usage though is puzzling. Not having Diggs out on the field for an entire series, or not having Diggs on the field when you need him on a third down. Well, that's the other the BS detector. We have like fun with McDermott McLeys, but the idea danger that McDermott actually gave a quote. Why wasn't he on the field? Well, packages. Dig- what package would you not want one of the top five wide receivers in the game on the field that's, for? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's what makes it a little bit fishy. That's why you have to, when you hear comments like that, I, I can't immediately dismiss that. Devin McCourty might be a former Patriot and he might be a national talking head, but he's looking at film. He played the position. He's gone up against Diggs. He knows the game of football. And if he's going to say, Something's rotten in Denmark. It almost appears to my eyes like they're trying to prove that they can win games despite Stefan Diggs. If, if, if things don't go the Bills way on Sunday, this is what is everybody is going to be talking about. What, what, what was it? Now, if anybody's entertaining my discipline theory, did, did Diggs go out late in Los Angeles? What, what, what would it be? I, I again, I, I don't know, but if that's the case, you shouldn't do that. Steph Diggs is that good a player. You don't get picky like that. Brad in Rochester joining us. Hey, Brad. Hey, how about the simple thought that you know what you have on Stephon Diggs? Let's develop a little bit more of the offense so he's not the one-trick pony. I understand that theory, Brad, and it makes a lot of sense. And then you could see him breaking them out, that idea out of, okay, Steph, we're going to unload him on everybody on – when you get Especially to the postseason, everything right. else, but you have to get, you have to get to the postseason first. That's the the thing that's puzzling well, you about understand, this. And this is why you weren't going to see it against San Diego or New England because you knew you had those games. You don't though. You didn't, <laughs> and and you don't have any. I mean, if you listen to what they say 
every week is a challenge in the NFL. There is no gimme. There is no. Oh, uh, we can look t- back at the San Diego game or the Charger game or the LA game, whatever we want to call it. Um, they had to come back in that game. They looked terrible. Looked terrible for the majority of that game. So I I understand the, the logic behind what Brad is is submitting. I, I get that. Yes, you want to give guys more reps. You want to get them more acclimated. You know what you have in Diggs. You don't necessarily know what you have yet in Shakir. You want to see if Gabe Davis can step. I get all of that. But not when you're fighting for your life just to get into the postseason. If it, again, these head coaches are crazy. They're psychos. They're paranoid. They are the smartest guys in the room. You can't question them. They're playing chess while we're playing checkers. All of it. But if that's the case, if if what McCourty is putting out there is is if there's a shred of truth to that, oh my God. We are so arrogant that our best weapon on offense, we're gonna, we're gonna sh- we're gonna limit his production down the stretch to show him we don't need him. We can win games without him. <laughs> okay. Well, that, if if that's true, then that's that's leading the way for Diggs out of Buffalo. Because if you don't need me, then fine. If if Diggs was out of Buffalo, you know who would be super pumped about that? Every team in the AFC East. What? Sean McDermott. Oh, Sean McDermott. Oh, good. One less headache. One less diva wide receiver. I have to deal. Defensive minded head coach again. Who probably hates offenses, hates his quarterback, hates his wide receivers. No, as a I, defensive no, no, minded no, head no, coach. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm going to push back on a little bit. I don't think he knows how to manage it, Danger. Like Randy Moss was a different talent. Randy Moss would do different things. You would have 52 guys, and then you'd have rules for Mr. Moss. Like you have to manage everybody differently. That's not McDermott's style. McDermott is top-down process. We're going to put our head down. No, you, you got to manage Diggs a little different. I don't I don't know if he's into that. Let's get to uh, Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, and we will uh, discuss this a little bit more preview. Sunday night's game between the Bills and the Dolphins for the AFC East with our buddy Ryan Talbot. Next. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. <laughs> On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Fan Rochester Sports Update. Mitch Morris is questionable for the Bills-Dolphins game on Sunday. The Bills center has an illness. Head coach Sean McDermott on his team's focus. We've been in this situation for weeks, and um, our players, our team uh, are very resilient. Um, and, you know, we're led by our leaders, and, and those guys have done a phenomenal job leading this team, and um, we've been through a lot. And so you learn from those experiences. You lean on those experiences moving forward. Week 18, coverage begins at 4 o'clock on Sunday. We'll talk some Bills football coming up next. Ryan Talbot, New York Upstate, joining us here in the Sports Bar. It's hockey night tonight in the Flower City. The Rochester Americans hosting Cleveland. Don Stevens will have your call beginning at 7. RIT is also home tonight. The Tigers hosting Clarkson. One baseball note, Robbie Ray traded. He goes from Seattle to the San Francisco Giants. Gene Battaglia, the fan Rochester. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. I think I told my mom. You know, she proud of me. Um, keep going. There's, there's still more out there. She's not trying to be in the Pro Bowl. She's trying to be father. So, um, I mean, it's a big, a huge accomplishment, you know, um, something that I've been looking forward to do. And I mean, it's just only going to get better from here. Buffalo Bills running back James Cook on being named a pro bowler. Big accomplishment for the Bills running back. We'll be expecting big things from him Sunday night as the team heads down to Miami for the AFC East crown. We welcome in Ryan Talbot, New York Upstate. Dot com And Ryan, we're, we're kind of trying to look at matchups to exploit ways that the Bills can come away with the win and, and, and take the AFC East crown. I mean, the, the, uh, the idea that this offense the last two weeks hasn't really looked as good as they did, certainly against Dallas. Fair to assume that you could expect to see more James Cook? Fair to assume that you could see a more physical Buffalo Bills offense than maybe what we've seen the last two weeks? Yeah, I definitely think that's more fair, especially when you consider the Bradley Chubb injury. You consider uh, the way that the Dolphins' defense looked last week, knowing that you can run on that defense, especially with Chubb out of the picture. Now, that's not to say they're going to necessarily follow the same exact game plan as they did against Dallas. Uh, You also have Xavier Howard out in that game, so you're hoping you can exploit some uh, mismatches there, whether it's Stephon Diggs, uh, whether it's Gabe Davis, because... While you're going to have Jalen Ramsey out there, it's unknown if he's going to shadow Diggs, and then you're also going to have Eli Apple starting opposite him. So there will be some opportunities, but I do agree that I think the best path for this offense is to lean on the run game and then to use play action off of it when you are passing the ball based on the success that the Ravens had one week ago. thing, Ryan, I find so encouraging about this is just Josh Allen. He plays his best football against the Dolphins. Uh, Five times he's been the AFC Offensive Player of the Week uh, coming off a game against Miami, including that game back in October. What is it? Is it just the the personnel? Like, What would you say and what is the prospects that Josh Allen will have one of those sort of games again coming up Sunday night? Yeah, you know, I wish I knew what it was because they've run through some different uh, defensive coordinators. Vic Vic Fangio was supposed to have some answers to stopping him, and you saw what he did in week four when he, uh, you know, the Bills put up 48 points, and 
You also have him just kind of shredding anyone that's in front of him. So maybe it's just one of those games that it gets up for because it's been kind of a division rivalry since he's been in this league. Um, and, you know, no higher stakes than the AFC East crown. So I think that you're going to get a, a good Josh Allen game out of this. You do worry about the neck and the right finger a little bit on the throwing hand. But uh, as you mentioned before, he always gets up for these games. He always performs well. And even as a history against Fangio, not just this year, but when Fangio was in uh, Denver as well. Ryan, you mentioned Diggs, and, and I'm of the belief Diggs finds Pater in this game. I, I think that, that there is a matchup there that can be exploited. But what would your what would your answer be to somebody who would question what has happened to Diggs here, his production and his usage over the course of the last few weeks? Well, when it comes to production, there's been some drops on his end. There's been some errant passes from Josh Allen. I mean, there's been two times where Diggs, to his credit, has gotten open down the field. And in one game, Allen underthrew him, and it led to an interception. And last week, he overthrew him, and it led to an incomplete pass. And if they completed on those two passes or connected on those two passes, you're, you're, you know maybe this isn't even that much of a storyline whatsoever because both of those stat lines look that much better. Uh, part of it goes to how defenses play the Bills as well. He is their number one receiver, so they're going to go out of their way to try to take him out of the game. And they've done a good job, that being a lot of the opponents that the Bills have faced here down the stretch. That's not all credit to the defense, though, because we've seen his, you know, his performance, his stat lines go down significantly since the first five or six weeks of the season. So there's also uh, some things with this offense that aren't clicking uh, new offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. Uh, you've seen a decline in his production since then. But as you mentioned, there's been a lot of big third down plays where he's been on the sidelines or personnel packages where they're trying to look like they're going to run the ball and go heavy. And maybe it's to try to deceive defenses and, it, and it's a pass play, but you want your best guy out there. So you do need to mix him in at times. And in my opinion, I'm hoping uh, you see a little bit of an uptick this weekend and, you know, maybe it'll be a blessing in disguise and he's going to be fresh for the playoffs if the Bills get in. Ryan Talbot, Shout Podcast, NewYorkUpstate.com. Our guest here in the sports bar as the Bills get ready for the Dolphins in Week 18. Uh, on the other side of the ball, okay, you got challenges, but I think one uh, encouraging sign is the return of Daquan Jones. What did you see? I, I didn't think they were giving that many snaps, but that seemed like a healthy dose he got last week. Ryan, what does it do for that defensive line with having Jones back? Yeah, it's a significant boost in the middle because, you know, he can stop the run very well. He's very good at collapsing the pocket and getting after the quarterback, getting some pressures. Uh, and can, I like the way that the Bills really did break down their defensive tackle position last week. They kept everyone fresh, including Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones. You mix in Puna Ford and Tim Settle. Uh, it worked out nicely for the team last week. And I think you'll see an uptick, though, in Daquan Jones' snaps. Maybe it'll be in the 40% range. Uh, 40, 45%. And, you know, it's just, it's not just a boost on the field. It was probably an emotional boost last week, getting this guy back that was playing at such a high level over the first four weeks. And now you know that you have him for the stretch run. Uh, it, it's great news for the Bills in a matchup where, you know, Miami has some backs. We don't know if Mostert's going to play. Devin Achain is a very good back as well. They can hurt you with, on the ground. Jeff Wilson, 
Um, so to have Daquan Jones back in the fold is big for this defensive line. All right, Ryan, you mentioned some of those injuries, Mostert being one, Jalen Waddell being another, Tyreek Hill returning to Dolphins practice today. His house burned down, or he had a house fire, I should say, uh, on Wednesday that he was dealing with yesterday. So his his return for the first time since that fire was today in practice. And Hill is the one I want to focus on uh, because we know what he is capable of. And, and do the Bills have something in their secondary that can slow him down the way they did in week four. Was that more about the Bills' secondary or more about the pass rush in week four in terms of Hill's lack of production that game? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it had to do with just the way the Bills' defense played as a whole. You know, you had some pressure up front, and then you were taking away his first read, that being to a uh, to his first read. And when you do that, it throws him off. He has to hold the ball longer. He has to move a little bit. You can get him uncomfortable. And you know, to, to Buffalo's credit, they've played Tyreek Hill pretty well since he's uh, been with Miami, and, and they know that he is so dangerous, and all it takes is one miscue on the back end, and he can be downfield for a 70, 80-yard touchdown in the blink of an eye. We saw that at times in the playoffs when he was with the Chiefs. So it, the Bills have to make sure they're buttoned up when it comes to Tyreek Hill, that the communication is strong on the back end. And, you know, once again, they're going into this game having – Micah Hyde back as he returned last week. You have Jordan Poyer. Uh, Taron Johnson's been healthy. You have Rasul Douglas playing at an extremely high level. And, uh, you know, he doesn't get in, talked about much, but Christian Benford has really come on as cornerback, too, uh, to the point now where there's not even a, really a discussion of trying to get Dane Jackson on the field for any reps unless there's an injury. Uh, he's really made major strides in year two, and you really like the secondary going into this matchup. Ryan Talbot, uh, who was at the game on Sunday, uh, as the Bills coming up against the Dolphins on Sunday night. How do you see this going, Ryan? I mean, it's it, it, it is a wide variance here. The Bills could be the two seed, and everything goes wrong. Uh, we could be talking uh, coming up Monday about the off season here, Ryan. So, where do the Bills land in this spectrum? Yeah, you know, it's such a great question because the Dolphins are also great at home, uh, but this is a night game. It's in prime time. Usually in these prime time games, you also get your best from Josh Allen. I think that the Bills do edge this out. They are by far the healthier team. Uh, they use, Sean McDermott usually has a pretty good blueprint or game plan to at least slowing down the Dolphins. Uh, I think that this defense is going to come ready to play and have a, you know one or two turnovers in the in the game offensively though things need to start clicking josh allen needs to throw the ball a lot better in this matchup than he did against new england if he doesn't then that opens the door for miami to win and like you said if games don't go buffalo's way on saturday and sunday that might wrap up the entire season as a whole yeah i'm of the opinion that if they can't beat their division rival who just got blown out and dropped had 50 dropped on them by baltimore you probably don't deserve to make the postseason ryan but there are scenarios where the bills could lose and still find their way in which of those three games the, the games that could impact the bills playoff chances do you think is most likely to happen where you could see come comes late sunday night when the bills are, are kicking off oh well we're already in the postseason no matter what you know, earlier this week, if you asked me that question, I would have said Baltimore over Pittsburgh division rival, uh, kind of deja vu from 2019, because the same thing happened. The Ravens were the one seed. They rested their starters. They won 28 to 10, I believe, something along the, that range. Uh, but I look at their, you know, who's sitting out in that game, and there's a lot of star power that's going to be out. And uh, not just Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr., and most likely Kyle Hamilton. You have Zay Flowers is doubtful. Uh, that makes it a, an uphill climb for 
uh, Snoop Huntley in that offense. I think the defense, though, can certainly create some turnovers on Mason Rudolph, so I'm not closing the door on that. But, man, I was I was fired up just as a you know someone that watches and enjoys football as a whole, watching Mike Vrabel this week talk about how he hates losing and losing sucks. And you're potentially going into this game in Tennessee on, on Sunday, uh, which, you know, definitely Ryan Tannehill's last game with the Titans. I feel very comfortable saying that. And probably Derrick Henry's too. So they're going to want to go out on this high note. Uh, I could, I'm going to go with the Titans pulling off the upset against Jacksonville team that even if Trevor Lawrence plays might not be at a hundred percent. Uh, Jacksonville won for the first time in nine tries in Tennessee last year. So the history definitely favors Tennessee in terms of that uh, aspect as well. So that's the way I'll go. Ryan, uh, it's interesting. Oh, the, the way and I, the one game I'm hoping for, maybe the te- Texans and Colts go to overtime. We're all rooting for a tie then <laughs> at that point. That would uh, solve that problem. Um, Ryan, let's assume the Bills. Right. Yeah, like we can look ahead. Okay, in this scenario, the Bills are the number two seed. And I just go back to the 2022 season where it was actually the Chiefs as the number two. And the, the AFC was so watered down in the back end. It was the Steelers with Roethlisberger in his last game. Like, there's no way the Steelers are going to give the Chiefs a game. And they didn't. It was boring. I don't see any scenario like that for uh, uh, the Bills against the seven seeds. So when you're looking at all the seven seeds that would be possible here, which one would you want to face the most? And which one do you think would give the Bills the most problems? Yeah, you know, looking at who could still potentially make the playoffs, I think uh, Houston is one team that I don't think anyone wants to see. Uh, I think that Stroud is a great quarterback, someone that you have to kind of uh, keep an eye on there in terms of who you'd most like to see. Probably Pittsburgh. I know that defense is uh, legitimate, but I don't. I, I really think that Mason Rudolph is due for a bad game, and it would not shock me if it happens tomorrow against the Ravens. I know he's been in the league for a long time, but you can only go back so far and look at tape because of offensive coordinators, the way things are running. But now you have two weeks of film on him with this new system. Uh, I know it's a big game for them, but I really think the Ravens might come out with a really good plan to knock him back down to earth. But if they get in, I think a lot of teams wouldn't mind playing them in the playoffs. The other story that'll emerge on Monday, it's Black Monday, and you know NFL teams will be moving on from you know lame duck head coaches. I, I think there's probably a few certainties. It feels like Ron Rivera is going to coach his final game in Washington this weekend. What about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Ryan? Where do you think that all plays out? How do you think that all plays out? And, and where do you think Bill Belichick uh, winds up, if anywhere, this offseason? Yeah, I, I do think it, it ends for Belichick this weekend, and it's interesting because I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots offer him some kind of office job, high-ranking title, but I, I still think he wants to coach. Uh, and they're in this tough spot because they have such a great history, a lot of championships won together. But I, I think this is the time to rip the Band-Aid. You obviously need to figure out the quarterback position. Is Bailey Zappi that option? You need to come in, come up with a good head coaching plan in terms of maybe get start fresh with that because there is some talent on that team, uh, but they're drafting the last few years. Free agency hasn't been good. If there was a spot for him, boy, I would love to see him go to the chargers. If I were to pick a spot uh, once again, all the talent in the world on offense, some talented guys on the defensive side of the ball, you bring in someone that can stabilize all the talent. And I still think he can do that from a coaching perspective. They'd be very dangerous in the AFC West. Ryan, last one for me, and it, it, it's, a, it's a question I know we don't know the answer to, so weigh it out. 
Will Von Miller be active Sunday night? You know, that's a great question. Uh, I, part, I saw an interesting article, too, saying, like, are they holding him out to, you know, in case of injury guarantees? But I really don't think there's much the Bills can do with that contract unless the league came up and, and suspended him before the end of this season. Um, you look at how they played last week. They didn't get home a lot in terms of the defensive ends. Uh, they, they got some good internal pressure. Um, but they are healthy there. You still have A.J. Epinesa. You still have Leonard Floyd, Greg Russo, Shaq Lawson's playing at a high level, and he kind of goes unnoticed. And, and then you can also get Kingsley Jonathan out there. I think that even if he does play, you're going to see him on an extremely low snap count. So I'm in the belief that he's either inactive for the second straight week or they limit his reps to under 10, 10 or under in this uh, regular season finale. Ryan, it's always great getting caught up with you. It's, it's awesome getting your insight in advance of uh, Sunday night's game. What about our listeners here who want to find out more about what you and, and, and uh, Matt are working on there at, at NewYorkUpstate.com and the Shop Podcast? What's cooking? Yeah, we're going to preview this game in about uh, 15 minutes from now, actually. So we'll be live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Uh, you can always catch it on your favorite podcast platform. Then you can go to NewYorkUpstate.com and Syracuse.com. We're going to have a lot of articles up on the site leading up to the game, obviously in-game and after the game as well. And, and you know, and Ryan, I, I feel like I owe you an apology because, honestly, I was not big-leaguing you. Ryan comes up to me at the game. He's like, hey, you seem like you're in the zone. I didn't even know he was standing right totally next to me. Totally big-timing you, No, no, no. I just get in. I, I, I have, like, my game face on. You know, I, Ryan. Perino's theory, you know? Perino's theory uh, Ryan, was that Gene wasn't big-timing you, and he wasn't in the zone. He was only thinking about the lunch spread. <laughs> you know, whatever it was, I just didn't want to interrupt. So it was great to catch up with you after, though. <laughs> Ryan, you're the best. And uh, yeah, let's see uh, where the world is uh, next week. Thanks for your time today, Ryan. You got it. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, yeah. Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, the Shout Podcast, doing great work with uh, Matt Perino, uh, who you uh, can hear with us every Tuesday afternoon in the sports bar during Bill's season. What would you do with Von Miller? <sighs> what they did last week. I agree. I agree. Like, what, you, you, this is not the time to experiment. You need to put your best players out there. Yeah, um, it's over. And and given how I I don't know that I like how the Bills handled his off field situation during the bye week. I mean, let's face it: if it was somebody who didn't have that big of a number attached to his name, they would have moved on from that player without hesitation. It's a little bit different and more complicated with Von Miller, but. I'm going to view the Von Miller era, the Buffalo Bills, Von Miller's era with the Buffalo Bills as a failure. This is Sean McDermott and, and Brandon Bean hoping that you could get something out of a guy. And you saw some of it before the ACL, but the ACL injury derailed it. That's yeah. the that's the risk you take. You knew the injury history was there. You, you thought there was still something left in the tank. And for a, a moment last season, there was. But nothing since that injury. And... You can't view it as anything for what you've invested and what you've put into it. You can't view it as anything but a failure, in my opinion. Well, this is why you invest so much in the defensive line. I'd rather see a Kingsley Jonathan. A.J. Apeneza seems like he could come back, but they need to get home. They need to find a way to get to Tua. Tony writing to us on X. If the Bills are a wild card, it would be a colossal disappointment. This team was supposed to win the division and have home playoff games. I can't take wash, rinse, repeat at KC next week. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. Oh my gosh. I get oh no, Bink like, well, fellas. You know, we, it's playoff time. Yeah. Welcome. Oh, we need we rested Patrick Mahomes yeah. last week. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah. Oh, that would be it would be the most billsy thing, right? For them not to get this done. They get in and then somehow win a few games on the road. The it, it would yeah. be crazy. Yeah, but look, just buckle up. The, the ride continues on Sunday night. It's been a wild ride through the course of the end of this season here as they're they're in winter go home or winter die mode right now and and the the game on sunday is just the beginning of it and if it ends if the ride ends you know how you feel at the end of a roller coaster ride you either you, you feel down you, a little bit you're I mean, like mostly oh. you want to do it again but you want to do it again yeah. and we'll sign up for it again even if it ends badly That's we'll sweet. we'll eventually get back in line we can we do fantasy football again like danger want to do it again <laughs> Uh, the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line is open for you. 866-4-FAN is the phone number. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub in the new location at 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com is their website. We're coming back with more next on the Fan Rochester, including some takes on tap. We we'll call it all drink to that. Yeah, like we're, we're so focused on the bills that, hey, college football has been really good here and we have a championship game Monday night and Stephen A gave a doozy of a take that I wanted to run by you here mm-hmm. danger also there's one team that I think is going to botch this this week like they sh- like week 18 should be a time of transition I'm going to tell you why New England is screwing this all up uh, I'm going to unleash a Bears take that I overheard in the last 24 hours when we talk about what the offseason looks like and the draft board and who's going where and who's trading out of what picks and what are you doing with your quarterback, all of that. I've got a couple of thoughts based on an idea that I heard from uh, Big Cat at Barstool and a non-sports take today specifically for sufferers of road rage. We'll get into that and more next. Some new moves for you here. A way to set a tone in the new year in 2024. I'll drink to that as coming up in the sports bar. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 